Well, hey, good morning again, and uh, welcome to Alive Family Church. You guys all doing good this morning? Awesome, man. It's a great morning to be in God's house. Thank you guys for joining us in person, and quick shout out to everybody online. And hey, real quick, before I get into anything today that we're talking about, happy Father's Day to all the dads in the house, all the fathers to be all the father figures. Come on, somebody. Let's give it up for the dads in our lives. And... Um, I, I got two special shout outs. I can do this because I've got the mic. And so the first dad I want to honor is my dad, Gary Giso. He's here to this morning. Dad, I love you. Thank you for your example. Thank you for encouraging me. Thank you for helping me become the man I am today. I love you so much. Happy Father's Day. And in case you're watching, my other father that I look up to so much, my father-in-law, which is really my father in love because we're cool, all right, uh, is Bill Albert. You're in Florida right now. So if you're watching, I love you. Thank you so much for the example you give me as well. And thank you for being a amazing dad to my bride and, and showing her what a father looks like and just that love, that unconditional love from a father. So, uh, and, and just quick side note, hey, Father's Day um, can bring a mixed bag of emotions for a lot of people. I just want to acknowledge that um, in the room. Uh, maybe you grew up and, and dad wasn't there or dad passed away. Maybe uh, you had a dad, but he wasn't a really good one. Or you and your dad aren't good right now. And I, we understand that. And here's, here's what I do know. Uh, we don't know why all the pain sometimes happens on this side of heaven, but we do know that we have a Father in heaven who loves us so very much. We were just singing about him just a minute ago, and he loves us just the way he finds us. And so if you've never heard, well done, good and faithful, if you've never heard in, in my son or in my daughter who I'm well pleased, know that the Father in heaven is speaking that over you today. And we believe that the comfort of the Holy Spirit will help us weather this holiday that we so, so to celebrate, even if it's a hard one for us. Amen? You guys doing good? All right. Hey, today, normally, I do a special Father's Day message every year since the church launched. I'm loving Jonah so much that we're just going to keep going in the series. Is that cool? All right. Here's the other thing. It kind of fits because the big fish, right? And a lot of dads like the fish. Uh, my fish is this big, right? So uh, I was like, hey, this is like a Father's Day message, right? This whole, this whole story is really big, right? But uh, for those of you guys maybe are visiting us or just checking us out, we are in a series this month titled In the Belly of a Whale. Uh, it's a four-week series. There's, we're looking at a study in the book of Jonah in the Old Testament, four chapters. We're covering a chapter each week. So we're in week three, and so we're going to dive in to the third week. But uh, in case you're not familiar with the story of Jonah, maybe you didn't grow up in church, maybe you never saw the VeggieTales movie, maybe you're like, what the heck is all of this about? Uh, real quick, I want to summarize this for you. God says go. Jonah says no, and like we talked about last week, Jonah got low, all right? Uh, and this is what we're talking about. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach repentance to an evil and wicked and murderous people. Jonah said no. He hopped in a boat heading to Tarshish, which was 3,000 miles in the opposite of direction of where God had called him, right? Once he's on the ship, uh, the storm breaks out because of Jonah's disobedience. He tells the sailors, throw me overboard. So Jonah gets thrown off the boat once he's in the sea, the storm calms, right? But that's not it. Then a big fish, we talked about the big fish a lot last week, the whale that we're calling in the series swallows Jonah up and he's in the belly of the whale for three days. Jonah cries out and repents. God spits him out of the mouth of the whale and puts him back on dry land. He goes to Nineveh. He preaches a real encouraging message. In 40 days, y'all gonna die, suckers, all right? And, and, and then uh, the Ninevites actually repent and they turn from their wicked ways, and God heals them and, 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 and relents from his destruction that he had planned for them. And then we, we're going to talk about this next week. Jonah gets ticked 
that God forgave his enemies. <laughs> and God kind of reprimands him about that. And we learned some things about just loving people that maybe we don't like or that aren't like us or whatnot. And we're going to talk a lot about that as we close up the series next week. But that's kind of how the book ends. And uh, how many of you guys have maybe been with us at least for one week of this series? Let me see a show of hands. Give me, okay, majority of you. Show me online too. Give me emoji or something. Let me know you're here and that you've been with us. In case you haven't, real quickly, real quick recap. Here's where we've been. Week one was the 3,000 mile no. You guys remember that? The 3,000 mile no, right? We learned that God's word should lead our lives, right? And that running from God is never the answer, right? We've talked a lot each week that, how many of you guys know in life, there will always be a ship heading in the wrong opposite direction, and there's always going to be enough room for you on that ship, amen? Right? We've all jumped on that ship before and went to a place we should not be far from the Lord, right? We also looked at that our disobedience can open up the door for storms in our lives and other people's lives like we saw through Jonah. That was week one. Last week was whale food or way out, right? We spent the good portion of the first part of the message last week talking about the whole feasibility of can a man actually be swallowed by a whale? Because we get hung up on this story a lot. We actually talked about it. Yeah, it actually literally could have and should have and probably did happen because if it's God's word, it's got to be truth. Amen? He doesn't make things up just to make the story better in certain parts. His word is eternal and his word is truth, right? And then we also looked at, hey, that sometimes... Our problem is actually God's protection, right? Sometimes we're like, God, why? And he's like, just trust me on this. I'm getting you to where I need you to go, right? And we learned that prayer can deliver us from some pretty low places in our lives too, right? As Jonah cried out from the belly of the whale, he was in the depths of the deep, in the deepest part of the sea in this whale's belly, but he was delivered eventually. And that repentance can bring us to a position to fulfill our mission, amen? It can get us back on track to do what God originally called us to do. So we saw that in Jonah. So we've learned, we've learned so much already in this series. Have you guys been enjoying this? I've been loving this book study. We're not done learning yet. God's got some more things that he wants to download and impart to us today. And so we're going to dive into Jonah chapter 3 for the remainder of our time. If you're note takers and you like message titles, the title of my message is It's Not Over. Turn to somebody and say, It's Not Over. It's not over, all right? Well, let's go ahead and pray and just open up our hearts and our minds to receive from God's word this morning. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. We call it truth. We look to it. It's our lamp to our feet. It's a light and a light to our guide. It guides our feet, Lord. It, no, it shows us which way to go. It corrects us. It rebukes us. It encourages us. It lines us up to your plan and your purposes. And so today, as we look to chapter three in the book of Jonah, Lord, may we find ourselves in the narrative somehow, some way. May we find hope. May we find encouragement. May we know that, Lord, no matter where we're at or how far we've run or how bad we've missed it, Lord God, that it's not over yet. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everybody greet said, amen. Awesome. If you brought your Bibles, open them to the book of Jonah. Uh, if you brought a physical Bible, it's like 15 pages to the left of the New Testament. It's right at the end of the Old. If you're more uh, the virtual Bible thing, open up your Bible app, click Old Testament OT, go to Jonah, and you're there, chapter 3. All right, we're going to read it here. All of chapter 3, just uh, to get the context, and don't, don't, don't freak out, it's only 10 verses, all right? That's it. The whole chapter 3 is only 10 verses, so we can read all this together, and then we're going to jump back in like we've been doing all series long, kind of line upon line, uh, say, Lord, show us. Holy Spirit, bring something out of this to us. So you guys ready, Jonah, chapter 3? Before we get there, just remember where we're at in Scripture. 
So Jonah gets vomited out of the whale's mouth and lands on dry land. And that's how we were left hanging at the end of chapter two last week. And so now we pick it up in chapter three, verse one. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city a three-day journey in extent, and and Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk, and he cried out, and he said, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word of the Lord came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and satin ashes, And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast nor herd nor flock taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Verse 9, who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that he may not perish? Then God saw their works, that they had turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it, all right? So that's, that's Jonah chapter three, and we're gonna dive into really kind of camp out in two different areas today. Uh, the first thing that I think it's worth being noted, talked about, and be reminded is this, number one, if you're taking notes, we serve a God of second chances, amen? We serve a God of second chances. Jonah chapter three, verse one and two. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Somebody say second time. It came to Jonah again a second time. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. Did you guys catch that very important detail in verse 1? The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. This is so, there should be so much hope in this. Man, we could read over this and say, good, if you finally got it, right? Put yourself in this guy's shoes. He was called to go to Nineveh the first time. He missed it. He hopped on a boat. He went exactly the opposite. We do this so much in our life. We read the word of God. We're supposed to live this way. We do our own thing, right? We're supposed to say this. We get nervous and we, we punt and we go a different way, right? We do this all the time in our lives. And man, he could be feeling dejected. He got swallowed by a whale, He spent three days in the belly of a whale, right? The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Get this, God still intended to use Jonah despite his shenanigans, despite his mess-ups and his failures and his junk and all of that, right? Even though Jonah said no the first time, God came to him a second time. And man, I don't know about you guys, I get so much hope already in the first verse of chapter three because I'll tell you what, what, what do we learn here? God does not give up on people. Come on, somebody. The God we serve, we serve a God of second chances. God does not give up on anybody. God has not given up on you. God will not give up on you, no matter how far you run, no matter how far you kick against his will and his word in your life. It doesn't change the fact that he loves you and he wants you to be in right standing with him. He has what's best in mind for you. He's not trying to steal the fun out of your life. He's not trying to kill the joy in your life. He's not trying to micromanage and control your life. He wants to love you to the place of blessing and the place of peace and the place of fulfillment in your life. And so he will not give up on you. Amen. We could go home on that today. 
God's still cheering for you. God's still in your corner no matter what you've been doing, how you've been acting a fool. God still loves you, amen? We serve a God that if we missed it on number one, we ain't done. How cool is that, all right? Because Jonah missed it the first time. He ran away. He got swallowed, but he repented, and he turned back to God. And what did God do? He gave him a second chance, right? God gave him another chance to go and to preach the message. He still wanted Jonah to preach from the very beginning. And here's another thing that I think we need to realize this is when God forgives, he forgets. This is so, all right? Because in our human nature, we're like, even in our Christian nature, we're like, yeah, I'm going to forgive you, but I'll never forget. It's all, no, for real. Like we lodge it, we burn it, we have trauma in our life and, and it's still there. We can go back in the files of our brain and yeah, but you said this, honey, or you did this in this season or yada, yada, yada. God doesn't operate like that. The psalmist David in Psalm 103 verses 10 and through 12, he says, he does not treat us as our sins deserve. Or repay us according to our iniquities. Come on. This is a God. This is our God that we serve, right? For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is, is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions or our sins or our failures or our mess ups from us. When God forgives you, he forgets about it. Like, the east and west never touch. Like, they will touch and he will remember them no more as we're in Christ. That will change your life. That will change the way you view yourself. That will change the way you view some others in your life that you're a little frustrated with and about their actions. Because God forgives and God forgets. We serve a God of second chances. Who's thankful that we serve a God that's all about us, who, who wants us to succeed, who isn't waiting to strike us down or smite us down or trap us in a hole and, and put us in a whale's belly and actually have the whale digest us. No, he did it out of his love to protect him from the open sea and to get him back on track to what God had called him to do. Amen? So maybe you're here this morning and you feel like the ultimate failure right now. Maybe something in your life Maybe it's a decision you made a long time ago and some consequences, you're just still eating them. Your failure does not have to be final and your failure does not have to be fatal if you turn back to God. That's the God we serve, amen? Maybe you're here and you are feeling hopeless. You're in a hopeless state. You just don't know what to do about this situation. You just see no hope of how this could ever turn around for good and for God's glory. Well, Jesus is the hope of the world, amen? As we turn our hearts back to the hope, hope dealer and the hope maker, Jesus, we can have a second chance. Amen? Can I speak to some of the fathers in the room or online this morning? I've been in ruts like this myself too. Maybe you feel like you're not up to par on your dad role, on your father role. Maybe, maybe you feel like you've missed it in some areas or you've been disconnected from your kids or you've said some harsh stuff or the tone or, or how you've parented maybe hasn't been the best and you're feeling guilt, you're feeling shame, you're feeling kind of defeated this morning. Yeah, they're all celebrating me, but what's there to celebrate about me? I'm not that great of a person. Sometimes you feel like that. But here's what I know. We serve the God of second chances. It doesn't have to stay like that, Amen. Today is a new day. Great is thy faithfulness. His mercy, his love, his compassion, God's kindness is new this morning. Amen? Would you receive it? Would you walk in it? Maybe you're here and you did not have a father growing up or you did not have a good father. 
I know that's real. The size of this room and whoever's watching online, there's just so much dysfunction and brokenness in our world. It's not fair. I know it. It sucks. I know it. But here's the deal. God has called you. He's given you a second chance to start something new in your family tree. Amen? You may not be able to control what happened to you, but you can help and you can control what happens from this point forward in your family tree. Come on, somebody. And if we serve a God of second chances, that means your family tree's getting healthy. Dads in your lineage are gonna be healthy. They're gonna love Jesus. They're gonna serve the Lord. They're gonna be the spiritual head of their family. Come on, somebody. There's hope rising up for some fathers in here. Come on. And for the ones that have been doing a great job, God says, keep going, because guess what? You're gonna fall on your face eventually. And I'm a God of second chances. Amen? And so today, man, no matter where you find yourself, man, no matter what you're struggling, maybe your marriage is struggling, holding on by a thread, put your faith and trust in the one who holds your marriage, who holds the, the, the one that you love so much and that can heal and restore, right? I feel like somebody's getting free this morning. We're already in the middle of point one. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And God, I believe the Holy Spirit is moving this morning in our lives, Right? Somebody's getting free from the stain of, uh, the stain of sin, the, 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 the taste uh, of, of transgression. Somebody's getting free from that mentality that, man, uh, it's over for me. Guess what? It's not over. Amen? What is Jonah's response? Jonah chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent, and Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk when he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So what did he do? He went and preached repentance to the Ninevites, what God had originally instructed him to do. What did he do? He made good on his second chance. He, he took the opportunity and he ran with it, right? And he gives a eight word in English message. Yet 40 days and Nineveh would be overturned. As I deep dived in this this week, and you study it out, the original Old Testament was written in the Hebrew language. It was only five words in the Hebrew. Five word message. Some of you are like, man, that is so good. Pastor, do that this morning. Give me five or eight words, and then let's close this thing. It's Father's Day. I'm hungry. Shoot, I'm hangry, and I want to beat that other church to the restaurant. Can I get an amen? Okay, none of you like that? All right, fine. Like he cried out, in 40 days, you're all going to be overthrown. You're all going to die. How encouraging is that message? How life-giving is that message? It'd be like, for example, hi, everybody. Welcome to Alive Family Church. We are in week three of our series titled In the Belly of the Whale. And I believe God has got an encouraging word for you. In 40 days, you are going to die. Let's bow our heads and close in prayer as we close service. Y'all be like, I'm going to go check out the other church down the road. I don't know if I can take any more of that each week, right? Let's be real, right? Now, many scholars, as I, as I studied this week, they believe maybe Jonah said a lot more than this, but for whatever reason, we only get the word of God, and we only know what he did say. Now, he could have added some more context to that, but I think it's really interesting because when you, when you study the word overthrown, hey, in 40 days, you're going to get overthrown. The Hebrew word for overthrown actually has two meanings. This was, so, this was so awesome. The first meaning is of overthrown is to be overturned and destroyed. 
okay, to be overturned and destroyed, a.k.a. you're dead, I'm wiping you out. And that's how we always preach it, like 40 days, you're going to die, right? But woo, the second meaning means to be overturned and forever changed. And I was like, hold up, say that again, Lord. To be overturned, to turn over, like you used to be in this junk, to turn over and to be forever changed. The same word, the same Hebrew word you use here. Two different meanings. Now we all know Jonah, he was an enemy of the Syrians and the Ninevites. He hated them. He wanted the first meaning. Y'all gonna die, right? He wanted, spite me, like get my enemies, kill them, Lord, wipe them all out. Cleanse them from the face of the earth, right? How prophetic was his message when it also could have meant in 40 days, turn over and be forever changed. Wow. There's power in our words. There's power what we speak over the lives of others. There's power that we, how we talk about and how we think about our own selves. But regardless of which translation here, Jonah preaches the word to the, God, to the Ninevites, the wicked Ninevites. And the Ninevites, they get a second chance. So not only, we always talk about Jonah, and man, they got a second chance, right? Jonah got a second chance. Guess who also got a second chance because somebody manned up and took his second chance? The Ninevites, right? Because if Jonah was never where he was supposed to be and never preached what he was supposed to preach, they could have just been wiped out. But God in his mercy, God in his grace, God in his love said, no, I'm not going to just let them die and be overthrown. I'm going to give them a chance because we serve the God of second chances. In fact, I'll go as far to preach it this way. We serve the God of five chances, 15 chances, 500 chances, 999 chances. If we turn, repent, and from a pure heart confess our sin, we serve a God of that nature. Amen? So there's hope for all of us because we miss it. But what was the Ninevites' response as Jonah went? Jonah chapter 3, verse 5. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. And the word of God says that the Ninevites, these evil, wicked, murderous people, believed God and put on a fast. Hold up. Does that mess with anybody? Like, like immediately they believe God and they start turning and fasting and repenting. Like, I picture this, this guy who comes in, gets spit out on land by a whale, says, yo, 40 days, you dead. I picture it this way in the movies, kill him, right? Like, off with his head. We ain't playing patty cake. Oh, cool, who are you? Like, an enemy? Like, your worst enemy. Just, I, I know we're Christians, we love everybody, but who is your worst enemy? Who's public enemy number one to you? And like, hey, you're going to die. And you'd be like, cool, yeah, maybe I should turn from my ways. No, you'd be like, I'm going to punch you. Right? I don't like you. Right? Like, this messes with me in a good way. And it's like, why would a wicked, evil people suddenly believe in God, begin to fast and repent and turn from their ways, right? Some of us are still scratching our heads on the whole whale thing. We're still hung up, like, was it a sperm whale? Was it, was it a, you know, a megalodon? Like, what was it? Like, oh, man, Discovery Channel, Shark Week, maybe it'll show up, right? Jonah's special. I don't know. And you're still hung up on that. And why would they believe in God so quickly? Remember, we serve a supernatural God, amen? And how many of you guys know our God writes the best stories, amen? So I want to go, can we do a rabbit trail real quick? Because I believe this will help some of us. It helped me. When you study out the Assyrian people and the Ninevites, this, this all comes, God has the best way of connecting the dots and bringing things full circle. Check this out. 
The people of Nineveh worshipped Dagon. He was the fish god. Okay? They didn't worship Jehovah. No, they worshiped the fish god. The god from, that comes from the sea and controls the fish. All right? So get it. God has a sense of humor. All right? Like, there have been images of Dagon as they've done architectural digs and dives, and they've actually found remains from Nineveh. There's been pictures on the wall of Dagon, the fish god. So, like, legitly, they worship the fish god, right? Why would a wicked people of Nineveh ever just turn and repent unless God had set it up from the beginning of the package that they needed to receive the repentance message from? Come on, somebody. You see where this is going right now? A fish... A great fish spits Jonah out onto dry land. Hello, in front of the people that worship the fish. And if you study this out, if Jonah really did, and some of you guys are like, did he really survive for 72 hours in that oxygen? Even if he died, do you know that our God's big enough to raise him from the dead on the third day? Come on, somebody, he already did that. Lazarus, he did it on the fourth day. Like, he's got a, he's got a really good resume, right? Like, like he could do this. If he spent 72 hours in a whale's stomach, many scholars and, and, and even historians would say, Jonah would have been bleached white. His skin would have been bleached completely white from the digestive acids of the, of the whale. So he did not look like normal Jonah, just a little like seaweed all over. He was like a white, ghostly man that was spit out on the beach that day. Can you imagine having your kids at the beach that day? Hold on, let me put some sunscreen. <laughs> Like, this wasn't a, like a pleasant surprise, like, run! It's not like, it's worse than shark, you know? It's like, ah, ghost! Like, this dude is white, he's ghostly, he's an enemy, he's from Judah. And he comes in, and he walks a day into this large city, it's a three-day journey from end to end in the metropolitan area, and on day one, and people are following him, and he says, repent! In 40 days, you're going to be overturned. How many of you guys know that got their attention? We got a bunch of witnesses saying, yo, that dude came out of a whale's mouth and he's preaching God's word. God is so amazing, isn't he? Like he tells the best stories. If he, if he would have came on a ship, he would have been hung upside down. You know what I'm saying? If he would have rode in on a horse, bam, dead. He got spit out of a whale and they said, yes, Lord, let's turn from our wicked ways and let's get back in right graces with you. Come on, somebody. We serve a God, a supernatural God. We serve a God that knows the package in which we need to receive the message. Come on, somebody, right? Sometimes you might have heard the gospel a million times growing up. Maybe you only connected to it when you came to this church or some other church, right? Sometimes the message is the same, but the package is different. And God knows the package that we need to receive it, amen? He was smart enough to orchestrate that. And so, hey, if he did it with the fish, he can do it with us, amen? And so everyone say, it's not over. It's not over. Say, I serve the God of second chances. Yes, you do, all right? That's number one. Number two is this holy cow, number point, number one. Woo! Praise God! Whoa! All right, Jonah. Number two, when we repent, God can relent, okay? Last week, we saw how Jonah's repentance positioned him for his mission, right? It got him back on track. This week, as we look to this example, we see that in the case of the Ninevites, how we respond 
allows God to relent for some really harsh judgment or consequences in our lives, right? Jonah chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from the throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, sat in ashes. He caused it to be proclaimed uh, and published throughout Nineveh and decree of the king and the noble saying, let there neither beast nor man eat or drink water, right, or taste anything. Let man or beast be covered with sackcloth. Cry to mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn, repent, turn from his evil way, from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? What happened here? The Ninevites got serious about the message of the Lord. They took it seriously, and they proclaimed a fast. The king said, everybody, fast, don't eat. And they put on sackcloth. What, what is this sackcloth thing, all right? Let me explain this. This is a symbol in the Old Testament of repentance, all right? Sackcloth was a very uncomfortable garment. It would be like me and you wearing a burlap sack all day, all right? And, and this wasn't a fashion statement, ladies. There is no burlap section at Target, all right? But there is Starbucks, amen? Sorry. All right, that's for somebody. I don't know. Somebody got blessed on that. Bad joke, right? All right, burlap. All right, sorry, sackcloth. It was an Old Testament symbol that represented repentance, right? They would put on sackcloth. They'd literally sit down and put dust or ashes on their head to show sorrow for their sin or their wrongdoing. He says, everybody got involved. Did you read that? Even their animals. Bible scholars say their cows repented. Some of you guys are going to a barbecue today. You're grilling burgers or steak or meat. The question is, is that repented beef or unrepented beef? And you guys are like, what, what's the difference? Well, repented beef would be leaner because it had been fasting, all right? Sorry, bad joke. I know it went better in my office this week. Sorry. All right? 40 days and you'll be overthrown. The original message was 40 days. If you don't repent in 40 days, you're going to be wiped out. There is a significance in the number 40 in the Bible. When you study this out, often the number 40 represents a period of testing, of trial, and then triumph, all right? Go with me, right? In the flood, back in Genesis chapter 7, got man's sin got up to God. He said, hey, it's not good. we got to start over, right? And so for 40 days, he flooded the earth. At the end of that, he saved mankind in the animal kingdom, and he renewed his covenant of love and everlasting with them, right? We know the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They got set free from Egypt. Right, But they wandered, and 40 years kind of represented the whole generation kind of passing and leaving so that the new could start, and then Joshua would eventually take them over. We know that Jesus was tempted in the desert and fasted for 40 days, right? And then came out in the power and the spirit of the Holy Spirit, right? Power of the Spirit, right? The Ninevites had a period of testing and trial. They had 40 days. They were on the clock. God didn't just pick a random number and say, it's 40 days. No, it was like, are they going to change and turn? Or are they going to not turn? And they're going to be destroyed and overthrown, right? The, the decision was in their hands. And they, we know, repented of their evil ways and and, 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 and God relented. And what was the result? We see in Jonah chapter 3, verse 10. Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. Man, we serve a powerful God, an awesome God. God relented. God 
changed. Now remember, we serve the same God. He does not change, blah, blah, blah. But he can change his mind about destruction when he gives an opportunity. Come on, somebody. When, it, when it's like, the choice is yours. Choose life or death, right? He puts the ball in our court in a lot of situations. And, and one decision equals this, but, but we could choose this and it could actually work out better for us. That's a God we serve. Man, he relented. The Hebrew word for relent means nehem. It means to have compassion, but check this. It means to repent. So in the Ninevites' repentance, God repented of their destruction. Powerful stuff. God relented. When we repent, God can relent from some stuff that wouldn't be so great in our life, right? He did not destroy them. They were saved because of repentance, right? Everyone say it's not over. I pray that in the midst of the story of Jonah, you're being encouraged, you're being strengthened, your faith is growing. That no matter where you find yourself or how far you've run or how much you've missed it or all the mistakes you've made, that man, it's not over. That there's an opportunity before us today to be right with God if we're not right with God. And if we are right with God, there's an opportunity for our hearts to stay right with God and stay on the right track and not jump in that ship going in the opposite direction. You see a couple of real quick things before I close. Repenting doesn't force God to relent. It doesn't force him to, but it opens up the door for him to be able to do that. Amen. There, there's sometimes, even just because we repent, don't get it misunderstood. Consequences still happen. Sin equals death. Death produces bad consequences. You guys are familiar with David's story. He repented in Psalm 51, yet the, the child that he had out of wedlock with Bathsheba, it still died. And that was sad for him. That was a bad consequence. Yet his heart was right with God after that point. But man, what a beautiful story, an example of redemption, that we serve the God of redemption and that he can literally repent and relent from some evil stuff that he maybe had planned because here's the deal. When we turn, when we relent, when we repent, God can do the same, amen? God sets the example. God set the way and God says, hey, come to me. If you're far away, if you've been heading the wrong direction, if you feel like you're down in the belly of the whale, metaphorically speaking, my goodness, there is land for you. God can spit you out into a new direction. And oh my gosh, the second chance of Jonah collided with the second chance of the Ninevites. And look at the eternal impact. That's powerful, isn't it? When we take God up on his second chance, chances. And so our, our reflection question that started last week and it continues today is this. Lord, is there, is there any area of my life where I have not repented yet? I haven't turned from my evil way, my way to your way. Is there any sin in my life that I've just been looking the other way on that I need to get right? I need help on, right? Maybe you've been going in the wrong direction, being disobedient. Maybe it's, you know what God's word says of how to live, but you're choosing to live in a different manner. Maybe, maybe it's my attitude, right? Like, it's not mixed with humility and, and, and fully surrenderedness. We can repent and repent while we still have time. Because here's what I do. We serve a God who loves us and, and, and he loves us so much that he won't keep us there. We're singing about that this morning, right? And he gives us second chances and third chances and all that, but it doesn't remain forever. The book eventually closes. The clock eventually ticks, right? If the Ninevites would have repented on day 41, it would have been done. So we can repent and God can relent while there's still time, amen? We can respond to God's love and, 
It's not a one, repentance is never a one and done thing. Just remember this, believers, guys, that maybe some of us were like, hey, I feel like I'm doing well with the Lord, I'm walking with. Repentance is, a, is like a, a, a seasonal thing. It's a cyclical thing in our life. We always gotta keep our heart pure from and cleansed from the junk in our lives. Just because we repented once doesn't mean we can never fall back into that area of sin in our life. It will try to creep back in with everything it's got. So we gotta keep this thing good. The other thing is if you really study this out, I've hesitated sharing this, but in the book of Nahum, we know that for a hundred, for the, the, the Ninevites were, God relented on his judgment for 150 years, but 150 years after this Jonah moment, they got wiped out. They were no more. God relented for 150 years, but obviously they stopped repenting. They stopped fasting. They stopped seeking him. And so there's danger in that too, when we feel like we're all good. Oh, I'm all good. I come to church every Sunday. I serve, I, I, I give, I, I do all this stuff, but we've got junk in our hearts. When we repent, God can relent and, and we can choose to take God's second chance. Guys, may you hear loud and clear this morning, it's not over. Amen? May you leave encouraged this morning that it's not over. And we can go to God in this moment right now. We'll just, we'll just keep Jason on keys this morning for time's sake. We can go to God in these next few moments and just respond from our hearts, amen? If there's anything in our life where we're like, man, ugh, it's there, do something about it. Give it to God. Say, God, forgive me. Lord, I wanna turn from this way and I wanna turn towards you. I wanna take up my second chance because here's what we know. Your second chance determines somebody else's second chance, amen? You saying yes to God, impact somebody else's life and salvation. Amen? You showing up to serve and bringing your supply to the house of God affects somebody else's opportunity to receive it. It's a big deal to God and it should be a big deal to us. Amen? And we can, we can go to God faithfully this morning and without shame or guilt saying, God, I know you're good and I know your character, but I haven't been living right in this area. Father, forgive me. And he, with everything within him, rejoices, smiles, and says, yes, son or daughter, I forgive you. I'll throw that thing as far as the east is, is from the west, because when I forgive, I forgive, amen? Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we love you, and we're in awe of you, your nature and your character, your love, your compassion. Father, we just thank you that you're the God of second chances that it's not over if we turn to you. It doesn't have to be the end. It can just be the beginning of a beautiful story. So no matter how far we've run, no matter what ship we've jumped on, Father, it's never too far gone from your love. It's never too far out of reach from you to turn and bring us back. And so Father God, for those of us that just need to realize that, man, we've got a second chance. We, get, we got a fresh slate because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of his shed blood, the power in the blood of Jesus that redeems us and cleanses us. Man, there's still hope, it's not over. For those of us that, man, we, we know we've missed it and God has been very specific in our lives saying, hey, we need to stop this, we need to get away from this, we need to get right in this area. Lord, if we repent and we turn from our wicked way, Lord, you would relent on some of that destruction and judgment in our own lives that the door is open to. And so, Father, we just ask you for forgiveness this morning. I thank you for a fresh flow of your spirit and your cleansing flow in our hearts and our minds. Lord, we confess any sin to you right now in this time that has not been forgiven yet. And Lord, we ask you not only to forgive us, but help us turn and go the opposite direction of that thing. 
let the taste and the allure of that behavior, that sin or that thought not be strong in our life anymore. May it lose its power and its sting. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit consuming us this morning in a fresh way. And Lord God, we thank you that just like Jonah, we can get back on track and we can fulfill our God-given mission and our God-given purpose. No matter what we've done, Father, there is still hope because it's not over yet with you. But we love you. We praise you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody greet said, amen. Amen. Praise God. Man, he's so good, isn't he? Would you, would you guys bow your heads with me and close your eyes just out of reverence at this moment? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. You might've been to church, you might've been around the Bible or have read the Bible, but you don't know where you'd go if you died today and you don't know if you have a personal relationship with God. It's through the son, it's through his son, it's Jesus, the God of second chance, the God who loves you with an everlasting love, the God who loves you just as you are, Yet on top of that, the love is so amazing that he won't keep you in that dead spot. He won't keep you in that broken place, but he'll move you towards his plan and his purpose for your life. All we have to do is take that first step. He already took his step. We take our step of faith by confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and by believing in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, you're in person and reverence this moment online. If you're watching this later or even in this moment, you wanna receive Jesus. I just wanna know, is there anybody who here today would like to be joined in this prayer that we're all about to pray together to receive Jesus into your life. Would you just slip up your hand if that's you? If that's you here this morning, you wanna get in on that online. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Let's, would you just repeat this after me? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. Jesus, come into my life. Transform me and help me live a life that honors you. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.